This is Politics Inside Out from Marketplace. I'm Nancy Marshall-Genzer, senior DC reporter for Marketplace. I'm in Philadelphia. And with me is Marketplace DC reporter Kimberly Adams. Hey, Kimberly. Hey, Nancy. This is our final day of covering the Democratic National Convention here in Philadelphia. And here's what we're going to talk about today. Too many people haven't had a pay raise since the crash. I think she nailed every single thing. If it'll keep Hillary out of office, yes, I'll vote for Trump. I really have goosebumps just listening to her. I'm done. I'm done. The convention is over for me. You know, Kimberly, uh, Secretary Clinton talked a lot about the economy last night. She says the economy has gotten much stronger since President Obama took office, but more needs to be done. Too many people haven't had a pay raise since the crash. There's too much inequality, too little social mobility, too much paralysis in Washington. And Kimberly, we are going to hear reaction to what Clinton had to say tonight from in and around the Wells Fargo Center where the convention is being held. But we also wanted to hear how Philadelphia residents were responding to all this hoopla we've been covering all week. Today, we asked our colleague Dan Gorenstein, who actually lives in Philly, to go out and talk to people about this. And he caught up with some people waiting for the bus by City Hall, where there had been protests all week. This is right downtown in what Philadelphia locals call Center City. He talked to somebody named James Davis, who works with mentally disabled children and adults. And these are the three items that James wanted on the top of the agenda. Getting homeless people, not just veterans, even though I got nothing against veterans, but not just looking out for them, looking out for all homeless people. Paying more attention to women with kids that's in the situation as far as homelessness and build more stuff for the kids, like uh, at-school programs. They say we don't have enough money for the school system. They're closing down schools. Of course, it's going to other things, like I'm against the war. You put money in war, but you can't put money in schools and our education that. That was on the mind of one Philadelphia resident while the convention was underway. Back in the hall, we were watching continued tension between Clinton and Sanders supporters all throughout her speech. You could hear people starting to chant, Hillary, Hillary. They were trying to cover up chants from Bernie supporters that were not as nice. And, you know, it was a big question tonight what Bernie Sanders supporters would do because everyone that I interviewed said you know, they all felt like they were outsiders, even though they were in the Wells Fargo Center at this convention. They all said they felt like outsiders. There was a plan to actually walk out during the speech. But one Bernie supporter told me that Bernie Sanders actually texted them and asked them not to do that, not to walk out. I was on the floor near the California delegation where there are lots of Bernie Sanders supporters, and I did not see anyone actually walk out. But Bernie supporters did hold up signs saying things like, walk the talk. Uh, And one woman held up a sign that just said, I'm awake. Yeah, there were a lot of Bernie supporters out and about in these bright yellowish green shirts uh, showing their support for Bernie Sanders, even if they were going to sort of go along with Clinton as per the argument all week long that we've been hearing from the Democratic leadership, this call for unity. I talked to one woman who is a Bernie supporter. Her name is Susan Steger-Walt, and she's from Detroit, Michigan. Here's what she had to say before Hillary's speech when I asked her what she wanted to hear from Secretary Clinton, now nominee Clinton, on the economy. I want her to come out very strongly and very emphatically against 
the TPP. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. That is correct. That is probably the most important thing. Probably the second issue is most emphatically for the $15 an hour minimum federal wage and that that needs to be enacted as soon as she gets in. The last thing is there has to be a clear address towards the issue of the undertaxation of corporations, the undertaxation of other parts of Wall Street, and the income inequality, which really gets in the way of progress. So she had some very specific things she wanted to hear in that speech, and I caught up with her right after Secretary Clinton spoke, and here's what she had to say then. So I thought she gave a good speech. She included many of the ideas that Bernie has championed. She didn't mention the TPP by name. Which is your shirt, no TPP. Right. She did, however, talk about trade agreements. She didn't specify increasing the minimum federal wage to $15 an hour, although that's in the platform. She did say we have to enact the platform. Susan is talking there about the Democratic National Convention platform, um, which is this document that they put out that basically lists the priorities the Democrats are supposed to have as they head back to their districts. I asked Susan whether or not she would break down and go ahead and support Hillary Clinton come November, and she said that yes, she would. But there are a whole lot of other Bernie uh, Sanders supporters who are really uncertain still about whether to support Hillary Clinton. And I spoke with a number of them who were crying, tears just streaking down their cheeks. Uh, Very, very emotional. Uh, One woman named Danielle Hernandez uh, is an Illinois delegate. She left the convention a couple of hours before Hillary Clinton spoke. I caught up with her and asked why she was crying. I come up here crying, drained, um, in disbelief of how I just got treated down there. And I just can't take it anymore. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. For today. I'm done. The convention is over for me. Kimberly, TPP is also her top issue. She has not decided whether she'll vote for Hillary Clinton in November. She says she might if Clinton listens to what Bernie Sanders supporters have to say. You know, I was really surprised just how many people were so passionate about TPP all week long at the Democratic National Convention. This was a huge issue, something that maybe doesn't resonate as much in the rest of the country. You mentioned that she was crying. I ran into another Democrat at the convention who was very emotional as she was watching Hillary Clinton speak, but for a different reason. Have a listen to Terry Coaxum. She's 25 and from New York. I said it's so historic. I really have goosebumps just listening to her, just understanding we're in Philadelphia. We're at a convention. We have our our first woman nominee for a big party. It's just, it overwhelms. It's really, it's really a beautiful thing. A lot of people around me on the floor were saying similar things and feeling similar things, I'm sure. Kimberly, I hope you will be excited about the next thing we're going to do here. It's a tradition we're starting. We started it last week in Cleveland, the audio smackdown. Are you ready? I feel like there should be dramatic theme music for this or something. So the way this works, Kimberly, is we each play our favorite piece of tape from this week, okay? Kimberly, since you are the challenger here, 
and I believe I am the reigning champion, I will let you go first. Give me what you got. All right, here we go. So one of the things that really jumped out at me this week, especially earlier this week, was just how much frustration there really was evident at this convention from the Sanders supporters that was only exacerbated by the multiple revelations about email leaks from the Democratic National Committee showing bias against the Sanders campaign. There were a lot of protests and demonstrations. And at one of those, I ran into a woman named Eileen Cook. She's 60 years old from northern Michigan, and she was at one of the protests wearing Bernie Sanders buttons and holding up a big sign saying, if you can't win an election, rig it, as a joke relating to what she believes the Democratic National Committee did. And so I asked her, you know, what she was going to do. Would you vote for Trump? If it'll keep Hillary out of office, yes, I'll vote for Trump. Really? 60 years old, never voted for a Republican in my life. But if it'll keep her out of office, I'll vote Trump. I'm prepared to. Well, Kimberly, that's very strong tape. And I had some uh, Bernie Sanders. Actually, I don't think I had any Bernie Sanders supporters saying they would vote for Trump, but they said they would vote for other folks, like the Green Party candidate, for example. So anyway, that's good tape. But listen to what I got. I got my SmackDown tape with a little help from one of our listeners. I asked his question. Wait till you hear the answer I got. Here's the question. Hi, this is Alex from Hackensack, New Jersey. If you're a Republican, I'd like to hear one positive aspect about Hillary Clinton that would do well for the presidency. Or if you're a Democrat, one positive aspect from uh, Donald Trump to be a good president. Because I think it's important to have a good have a good understanding of both sides to make an educated vote. Okay, so there's the question, and here's the answer I got from Clinton superdelegate John Eastwood. Well, he's uh, he's got children that dress very well, and um, given the state of my own hair, um, graying and balding as it is, I wish I had his hair. And I, I think that having grown up in New York and having lived overseas, I think his New York accent is far more genuine than my own. So <laughs> you have to start somewhere, right, Kimberly? <laughs> so he says Trump has nice hair. I got to say, I think this SmackDown was a tie. You got awesome tape. I'll take a tie. I'll take that. All right. As we wrap up, I just want to make a quick comparison. I was in Cleveland last week. And it strikes me the delegates there were grappling with a lot of the same issues the Democrats dealt with here in Philadelphia. TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that trade deal we've been talking about so much. How to unite the party, how to create jobs, the very same economic issues, but very different solutions from extraordinarily different nominees. And I think we're going to continue to see those two now official nominees grappling with these issues all the way up until November, especially given what we've seen the past two weeks as well as even before in terms of how many people just really feel like the political system doesn't represent them, that they are outsiders in the system. I mean, and that's why we're calling this podcast Politics Inside Out. That's why we're talking about it in this way, because there's so many people in the United States that look at what went on 
on at these conventions and that look at what's going on in Washington where you and I live and say, you know what, this doesn't have anything to do with our day-to-day lives. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing throughout the rest of the campaign just how those two worlds are going to tie together or not. Um, but I guess that's enough for now, and uh, we are going to wrap it up. This is the end of convention season, Nancy. I know. We're going to get some sleep. What do you think of that? <laughs> sleep? <laughs> what's sleep? <laughs> um, so I am Kimberly Adams. I'm a DC reporter for Marketplace. You can find me on Twitter at KA underscore Marketplace. And I'm Nancy Marshall Genzer, senior reporter for Marketplace in Washington. I'm also on Twitter at Marshall Genzer. All our coverage is at marketplace.org slash inside out. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating or a review. Let us know what you think so far. And Kimberly, we're going to continue looking at the system inside and out. Stay tuned for more. This is APM.